Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Hey guys, it's been like three months, but we heard the cries of all of you. Do more soundtracking, do more soundtracking. We heard it, we heard you. When you said it's been, I thought you were going to go, one week since you looked at me. Me too, man. (laughs) Me too. I was ready. But I wasn't going to be the one to pull the... Pull the trigger on it. Naked trigger. I mean, it is in the movie, but it's not on the soundtrack. So we'll get to that later. But we are talking about the soundtrack to not the greatest teen flick of the 90s. We've already established, can't hardly wait. But a strong contender for number two, 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, A movie soundtrack that I later found out is basically just made up of songs that weren't hits off people's albums. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly... I enjoyed this soundtrack. No, I like the soundtrack too, but if you actually look at the wiki page, 
with the exception of three songs, everything on the soundtrack was just pulled from their albums. Where they're just like, ah, just pull this song off this album. Like no one really wrote music for oh, things I hate about you. I thought you said uh, weren't hits. Oh uh, well, I mean they weren't hits. Yeah, no, to he, begin he with. heard him right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's kick it off with I would say arguably one of the the standout tracks. Uh, one of the two songs by Letters to Cleo. I want you to want me. Their cover of Cheap Trick. Great. Uh, yeah. Great so cover. good. Great opener to the album. Like just gets you ready to go. But the funny part <laughs> is, is that the end of the movie is them playing it on a rooftop, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they play two songs in the movie, and I can't remember. Yeah, you're right. The other it one ends is, with I is, Want You um, to Want Me. Yeah, I, I think they, they... The other one's at the prom, right? Yeah, is it Cruel to be Kind? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. I And the, it's so weird. The only reason I remember that it's that is because I remember them dancing on stage. That's exactly <laughs> what I was singing in my head, too. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, so I Want You to Want Me. It's I would say it's better than the original by Cheap Trick, in my opinion. Um, but Cheap Trick never really did that much for me. Like, they're fun. They're fun. They're not great. They're not. I, I think that, um, uh, what the fuck? All right. What's the song? Um, Mom is all right. Oh, Daddy. Surrender. Oh, Surrender, <laughs> which is a much better song in general. That's probably Cheap Trick's best song. I wouldn't also disagree with that. Also yeah. covered by a ska band. Covered yeah, less by than Jake. Less than Jake. <laughs> it's a really good cover. It's a decent cover. Uh, I think it's been covered by a couple bands, honestly. I, I feel like Midtown may have did a cover of Surrender. I don't know why. I have no mm. physical evidence, but I just have a, a gut feeling. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that I ever heard a, a cover of "Surrender" by um, Midtown. Uh, Midtown. Sorry. Um, I, I'm sorry. I'm already onto the next thought here. Um, whenever I think of Cheap Trick, I think of uh, Hot Rod Circuit because they had a song called Cheap Trick, and the chorus, the the end of the chorus is, "And like Cheap Trick, I surrender." Man, I loved Hot Rod Circuit, but um, they are sadly not on this soundtrack. No, they are not. But what is on this soundtrack, track two, Semi-Sonic, who is a, a one-hit wonder that I always thought was better than than the credit. Closing Time, get. yeah, for sure. But, I think that this song is better than Closing Time. Oh, Fascinating New Thing, or FNT, yeah. is a great fucking song. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I didn't know, know it was... Closing Time is just a pinnacle moment i don't oh, shut listen, your gob listen i don't even think and i've said this before i don't even think closing time is the best single that came off that album by semi-sonic because the uh the follow-up single singing in my sleep i think is on all fronts a better song but it's not as catchy as closing time closing but it time is what our generation finally got a new song to close DJs. Because yeah. closing time, if you go to any like adult party where like your parents are at a party and they have a DJ, they're always gonna be like, Alright, this is the last song, and they play Last Dance. And it was like that since Last Dance came out. But we Wait, Last Dance like the time. Pro Jam? Like, no, 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 like, like last, dance. last Dance. The Last Dance for Love. I don't Maybe that's a Delco thing. I've never even heard of that song. Donna Summer? It was a huge disco hit from Donna Summer. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Scott. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> Why do you ruin everything? Well, also, like, every adult party with a DJ that As he me keeps and Matt went to party. Was, our, was our family. <laughs> so. um, side note, so I pulled up a website, Secondhand Songs, which is a collection of who covered a song. Oh, so nice. Midtown, Midtown did not cover it. 
But bands that we listened to that did cover it. <laughs> Surrender or... Uh, Surrender. Yeah. Surrender. Uh, Warrant apparently covered it. Um, oh, I Ameri- covered that one. American Hi-Fi. What other Zebrahead, bands did um, Simple Plan. Velvet Revolver. Ew. And MXPX included it in their cover of uh, 500 Miles. And then Anti-Flag covered it recently. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no midtown. Do you know when MXPX did that cover of uh, 500 Miles? Because I don't... It's it's from the On the Cover Part 2 album that they did. Oh, yeah. I think I listened to that once because I was really disappointed by it. Yeah, it doesn't... I mean, it... It's one of those ones where, like, the more you listen to it, you're just like, okay, I've come to accept this. But it's definitely, like, when you're like, oh, my it's God, they're doing another on the cover. It's like, yeah. oh, oh. But yeah, well, Semi-Sonic completely fair, though, <laughs> before we pass on from, from MXPX and on the cover, I think that on the cover is an overrated cover EP anyway. Oh, absolutely. But it's it was smart in being short. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's it, also it was an kind EP. Of- which is what it should have been. Yeah, what year was that even that that came out? That was pretty much before bands were doing full EPs and cover songs, I think. That was right in between Teenage Politics and Life in General. So they were still like... That would have been, what, uh, 97 or something? Something like that. I actually just listened to um, the the label podcast did a whole like hour-long episode about the history of MXPX using just old interview clips that they had oh, found wow. cool. in Tooth & Nail's like, back catalog. And... Um, I never knew that apparently, uh, and this is going to be interesting to Scott and maybe no one else, but um, they recorded all of Life in General and they used the same producer that did Poconachu and Teenage Politics. But while they recorded that, they also did the Cooties album with a different producer and then basically like went to Tooth and Nail and was like, we don't like how life in general sounds. We like how this guy produces us. We want to record it all over again from scratch with this guy. Are you and, serious? And Brandon Ubel was like, guys, that's going to cost a lot of money. And he goes, Brandon Ubel in the interview goes, and to Mike Herrera's credit, as a 18-year-old kid, he goes, listen, you just signed us for a three-record deal, and we're probably one of the biggest selling bands on your label, so maybe you should try to make us happy so we sign another one of those contracts. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, and Mike Herrera. And he was like, you know what? I was like, I appreciate the balls on this kid. So he's like, and it was like a massive hit. He's like, we made our investment back. But like, it was a risky call. <laughs> but- yeah, because because fucking Life in General is one of the best sounding pop punk records of that era. Yeah. Arguably I mean, the best. Yeah. And I and you think back to like what poking at you in Teenage Politics. Oh, they Politics, sound like garbage. Absolutely yeah, like, garbage. It would have hurt that album if it sounded the same as that. Um, anyway, so last thing I want to say about Fascinating New Thing is it's during the scene where they're fighting with paintballs, which yep. is not how I've ever seen paintball played. Ever. <laughs> Didn't they just throw balls like, uh, yeah, like balloons, balloons filled with paint? <laughs> like, I don't know what that and is. And they collapse into a pile of, uh, hay. of of hay and kiss. Kiss. But man, what a good jam. Like, Semi-Sonic, if you're just writing them off as the closing time band, they are actually worth checking out some of their back catalog. They they had some good jams. Um, followed by a band who I think was a one-album wonder at best, Save Ferris, doing I Know. Uh, mm, uh, no! Oh, shut the fuck up. No. Dude, Save Ferris is such a good band. It was such a good band. And I, I would argue that... 
Modified is an okay record. It's not as good as their first, but it is still a good fucking record. So you take that back, Matthew. Okay, I'll take that back. But I do love this song. I love this song from the soundtrack. And it's one of the only songs written specifically for the soundtrack. Yeah, it was not on, uh, what's their first record called? Say Ferris? Or was it? Uh, It Means Everything. It Means Everything, that's right. Yep. And then their EP before that was Introducing. Dot, dot, dot. Weren't they (laughs) in a movie? They're in the movie. Yeah, they're on yeah. stage playing the prom. And gotcha. then Letters to Cleo pops in. Gotcha. Um, they I also think play- Letters to Cleo's band jumps on, and it's like both bands are on at the same time, right? Because isn't it Say Ferris's horn section that does that goofy synchronized dance part? Yes, that's a, that's 100% what happens. Um, <laughs> so this song also has a shout in the middle of it, which I always yeah, appreciate it. I so don't appreciate it. I to that. listen to this um, album. And I, <laughs> I've just been putting, you know, listening to them as we get to them. And I know is such a great song. <laughs> I I didn't realize it was this song. This song yeah. is so good. I love I love the back and forth where it's like I love you very much. You're nice to see and nice to touch, but I. <laughs> and they at least know. I mean, feel like so far, like I said, I still have ways to go. Yeah. But so far, already twice. I'm a, such a sucker for fucking um, female singers. Yeah, female friendship ska was the, the the thing that should have saved ska, and it didn't. Yeah, yeah. well, it was because the female fronted ska bands, like Gwen Stefani, went off and did her own thing, and it seems like the the girl from Save Ferris also was like, I'm firing all of the horn players and just doing a pop punk band. Like both yeah. of the female fronted ska bands went pop punk real fast and that hurt it pretty badly yeah and uh dhc dancehall crashers um never really caught on yeah they never really blew up the way that they should have yeah i mean um, i like dancehall crashers but i'm in the same boat where i'm like you know i could live without dhc yeah i i've i've never owned an album by dhc but i've enjoyed the songs i've heard by dhc but i'm and not I motivated to buy them. an entire yeah. i'm not even motivated yeah. to illegally torrent discography, <laughs> you know like they're one of those bands that are just okay if they ever show up <laughs> so the next song uh scott and i were texting each other about this particular song um is sister hazel's your winter which i described as the best song sister hazel ever wrote uh not saying much but i always kind of enjoyed this song it's it but it just kind of you had three real fun songs yeah it it's not this would have been a good song right towards the end before you wrap up the soundtrack but right after three real hype songs it brings you down too too quickly you guys hate hits huh i like this song no, i like I this song. Sister hazel. you're saying this is the best sister hazel song Oh, this song, I just think that this is a better written song. I love All For You. You, you know, I used to cover that all the time. But... Oh, my God. That's Sister Hazel? Yeah, no. it's hard to say I... what it is. I see you. you. <laughs> Sorry, I always get Train and Sister Hazel confused because they're both so fucking mediocre. Well, Train... So I was explaining Train to someone the other day where I was like, Train is that band that apparently every album he puts out has that one song. And, like, he puts out that one song you're like, oh, that was all right. And then he disappears for like three years, <laughs> and then writes back. a whole album and only has one song on that album. And, and, he, and, and he adapts to the time so much in a negative way. <laughs> I just got smoked on Super Bowl Sunday because uh, my friend's wife was like, I fucking hate Train. And I was like, you hate Train? 
drops of Jupiter's great. And she's like, Soul Sister and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he did write those, those, those yeah. songs. Aren't so good. is Train just one person? Uh, no, it's a band, but like, it's, I mean, it's a band in the same way that Maroon 5 is kind of just Adam Levine. Like, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> Train but, is like, heel. But I remember, I remember Train, because Train came out and they were in that, like, their first song was Meet Virginia, which was like right in that vertical horizon, yes. like, era. And then they disappeared. And then it was like, the more like piano ballad stuff was popular. So then they did like, Calling Out to Angels and Drops of Jupiter, which was fitting in with that. And then like Jason Mraz became a thing, and then that was when you get Hey Soul Sister, and now they're doing that Hey Mr. DJ, put a record on rap song. Yeah. Like they just he's just like, Oh, wow, this is that's popular. So Here's weird. My chance I can't to strike. All him <laughs> or all them. And he just looks worse. <laughs> no Adam Levine, I'll tell you that. Uh, no. Although like, did you see so I weird. think I said it to you guys the picture of Adam Levine shirtless next to a Chipotle bag and it says who wore it better? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was actually a much better meme than um, what I saw all of my old metalhead friends posting, which was uh, him next to lead singer, hardcore lead singers, uh, and saying yeah. like, "I can't even." Actually, Brian um, or Brandon uh, Kelly or whatever his name is from Bleeding Through, which is like a metalcore band, uh, he actually posted on social. It was the picture of Adam Levine from the Super Bowl shirtless and himself shirtless at a show and he's like i honestly can't tell which one's me anymore (laughs) (laughs) all right that's pretty funny uh so yeah sister hazel just kind of has a a regular old jam on here and then we get jessica riddle who never did anything oh my god that's the song it was everywhere though yeah i really like this song and i bought key of minor which was the album that it's off of and this is the only song that you should own by jessica riddle uh, even angels cry. Sorry. You will find. You yeah. will fall. I got distracted on a on a train uh, search, <laughs> and I started listening to the cover from last year of Careless Whisper, uh. and it is not good. You know, it's also not a good cover of Careless Whisper, but I I have it on my computer anyway. Seether's cover of Careless no, Whisper. Dude. No, dude, that, you can't cover perfection. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jessica Riddle, she was just kind of thing. Like, she was just there. She's not a fascinating new thing, though. No, no, she's not a fascinating new thing. Uh, this was like, I'm trying to look, yeah. So she was 19. This was absolutely like one of those people at the time that this came out where it's like, oh, she could be like another one of those Vanessa Carltons or like another. Ah, uh, um, Vanessa Carlton came later. Did she? Yeah. Oh, you're Carlton right. Didn't she come did. Until 2002. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good call. Well, I've got egg on my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's not egg. <laughs> uh, she Hey-o. she opened she opened the door for those Vanessa Carltons and those Michelle Branches. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good song. It's not a great song. It I I like it. Um, Was this also in whatever it takes? Not whatever it takes. Um, what the fuck is the one where it's uh, oh oh uh. uh Make me, uh, make me crazy. What? What? How is it? Drive, Drive me, me crazy. crazy. Was it? Was Drive it? Crazy. Uh, I think it is actually. Let me see. Oh my god. <laughs> what? Nothing. If you guys didn't hear it, that's I heard good. it. What? Are you talking to a burp again? Yes. <laughs> you fucking animal. <laughs> it says the fart monster over here. <laughs> yeah, but I at least 
Let's call for a silence. <laughs> Everybody's stop. Oh my god. So there's no hyperlink on IMDb for Jessica Riddle because like duh. But Yeah, I'm on her IMDb, it's two lines. <laughs> but I clicked I clicked the link to the songwriter because I was like, alright, well the songwriter should at least show me other times that this song appeared and stuff. You know what two songs the songwriter wrote that's in a shit ton of movies? He wrote Take My Breath Away and Fly Into the Danger Zone. Wait, Danger Zone? Like Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone? Yeah. I thought it was Highway to the Danger Zone. Yeah, what or, is wrong whatever. with you? Uh, so- Fly into the Danger Zone. Well, to his credit, Danger Zone is on, uh, is in, is in... Top Guns, so that's probably yeah, where his mind I just was. assumed that they were flying into the danger no. zone. Sue me. <laughs> oh, man. I, I want to do karaoke for the first time in a long time now. Uh, strictly so that I can do... <laughs> fly into the danger zone. And, and, and people like will look at me and be like, did he just say fly? <laughs> and the thing is, between like the chorus, there's like a good five-second pause before he repeats Highway to the Danger Zone. So you could say... Fly into the danger zone, and then just pick someone and flap your wings aggressively, and, <laughs> and then go into the next one. Hey guys, when we're when we're at Mania, can we please find a karaoke bar? That sounds incredible. Oh god! All right, so Jessica Riddle. That's our live uh, event. <laughs> Jessica Riddle forgotten once again and moved into Leroy, also forgotten once again. Oh man, this uh, Leroy song blows ass. Uh, see, I didn't hate this song, but I think it's because I only, when I hear it, I can remember, like, the cool kid walking through the hallway. Like, I think this is, like, cool kid entrance music in the movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, Leroy, not not great. Now guitarist for Smash Mouth. That's all that Leroy's career turned into. You know, um, he's probably doing better than I am, so I shouldn't talk shit because he's a professional musician. But I don't know if being the... I don't actually know if being the lead guitar player for Smash Mouth is making it as a musician. I think it's adorable that you think that they have a lead guitar player and a rhythm guitar player as opposed <laughs> to just guitar guitarist. Player. Yeah, they have a guitar player. He came and in, he brought his ass there. Yeah, pretty much. I he mean, just be bass and drums and that dude up there just complaining. <laughs> who, who thinks that it's a good idea to try to emulate both Beck and Butthole Surfers at the same time? <laughs> Somebody Leroy who likes does. having... Yeah. Yeah, that is that is a that is a good good summary of of that. Um, so now, you know, there's not much to say about Leroy. Let's move to the next song, Leroy which is Jenkins, which is the other song that was written specifically for the soundtrack to Ghana with Saturday Night. It's Saturday Night. Why? <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Why was this one written for the soundtrack? Yeah, and I this band doesn't even. It's this is the most depressing part. Only band without a hyperlink on this soundtrack on Wikipedia. So, like, I think that this was supposed to be something big for this band. Like, they were like, I bet, you know what? Because I always assumed that this was an older song. Like, this was some weird, like, 70s song that they threw on the soundtrack. But I bet that this was, like, another band trying to cash in on, you remember the Sister Scissors? Like, where there was that... Sisters. Yeah, like... Sisters weren't until when I was in college, so that would have been, like, 2000... 2003 easily when that band was making their way through like making my way downtown. Was, uh, but you remember there was like, 
Beat Remember there was like that, that weird like period where it was like, you know what would be cool is if we brought disco back. And like this yeah. band was like, oh, we could be like the Bee Gees. Yeah. <laughs> like, this poor fucking band. Save <laughs> the last dance, the parent trap. And then Google doesn't even want to recognize them for 10 Things I Hate About You. They recognize them as 10 Things I Hate About You, the German dub. So if you Google Tagana, the first movie is Saturday night. Ten dinge deal ish on dir hasa. How is it that your stupid fucking tongue can't say normal words, but it can just blast through another language? I don't think if we have any German listeners, I'm sure they're like, that's not, he didn't say that right. They're just they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 99 just love balloons. The only thing I can say this in German. Is so uh, fucking offensive to Germans. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they did a lot of offensive stuff in the 40s. Uh, so we're probably going to cut that. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't know, man. We're a kid. We're a family-friendly show. Right? <laughs> I know. But like, so I, I, when I was on drugs, sold my family's weed. And I've been sober six years, and they haven't let me live that down. I don't think Germany should be off the hook that easy. I'm sorry. Except for the fact that Germany is the leader of the free world now, so I don't think that we really have. And yeah, we, we have a reality star in the White House, so that's true. We shouldn't we shouldn't poke that bear when they start listening to podcasts and they're like, "They said what?" Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like they don't. They're gonna come after us. Yeah, just our movie night. Everyone else is safe. We need to send bombs to Aston, Pennsylvania, Fort Lauderdale, and Akron right away. Yeah, Matt's the only one who might survive because the other two don't leave their house. We are such an easy target. <laughs> He'll be you in the movie theater Germany for three and a half hours. <laughs> Fall out right. gone by the time I'm done with this movie marathon. It's fine. I'm walking out of that theater like it's 28 days later. <laughs> just an empty, empty streets, des- desolate. I'm just like... What happened? Oh my god, imagine having to repopulate and the only people left on the earth are people that saw Lego Movie 2 as a map. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so enough about me. Um, so, <laughs> the next track, uh, George Clinton, Atomic George Dog. Clinton to- Parliament. What a Funkadelic. Fucking <laughs> Yeah, what? So Scott pointed this out, but like, but man, (laughs) 90s teen flicks were trying to make George Clinton famous again so hard. I mean, dude, the new guy came out when? (laughs) Well, I was thinking PCU. Yeah, Yeah, PCU. PCU was 96. Oh, okay. So that's after. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's 93. So PCU, and then 10 Things I Hate About You, and then the new guy in 2002 for one last-ditch effort. Um, and don't forget that he's also in Good Burger. Oh, yeah. As a <laughs> mental patient. Because yeah. so he weird. just couldn't. He was so funkin' weird. That was his yeah. problem. So funkin' weird. Nice. Get off the show. <laughs> uh, we we'll can't figure out how to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> we have fucking six-plus years of... Uh, of of Matt 
talking and laughing and doing impressions that we could put him into a computer and probably spit out all the words we ever need. South Park when uh, Chef joins uh, the Scientology. And it's all audio clips from the previous years. Children? <laughs> yeah, that was, I remember that. I don't know if Scott has seen that episode, but classic. <laughs> Um, his his character's name in Good Burger is Dancing Crazy. <laughs> Could have done a better name. Could have. Uh, he also played Doctor Funkenstein in the movie Love Hurts, <laughs> and he just played the character of George Clinton in Wait. Halloween from 2011. Love Hurts. No, okay, that's Love Stinks. I thought you were talking about the uh, French Stewart movie. <laughs> oh. Uh, Let's Brian. keep it out of my mind as long as possible. Every two months or three months, you're like, hey, remember French Stewart's stupid sphincter face? Scott, we gotta we gotta make sure that Brian Oh man. No, I'm not even gonna throw the idea out there. Say it. So the next song on the soundtrack. Yep. The next song on the soundtrack is Days by Brick, which I don't even remember this song's existence. We're about to hit the lull in this soundtrack, yeah, which is that most is track... of the fucking movie. That's yeah, the, the tracks. The yeah, tracks nine through eleven could just not be here, and it could just be an eleven-track soundtrack, and I would love it exactly. Wait, the same. is this a fourteen-track soundtrack? I didn't even. Pay it attention. is a fourteen-track soundtrack. Oh it moves, God. but sometimes it doesn't, and when it doesn't, it's days by brick. Um, so, I, I mean, unless anyone has opinions, we can just move to the next forgettable next track. Song. Next uh, song. Joe Arn I don't know. Uh, the Weakness in Me, which is another weak-ass song. Armstrong? No, it's not Armstrong. <laughs> Even I can pronounce this better than I, Armstrong. <laughs> I'm looking at my uh, iTunes, and it's saying Joan Armstrong. I may have typed it wrong when I uh, typed it into iTunes. It is okay. A-R... M-A-T-R-A-D-I-N-G. Okay, no, this is Arm. Armatrated. Strong. Joan Armstrong, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, again, that's me typing it into my fo- into my iTunes. But I, the funny thing is, is oh, that yeah, when no, you, but Google's backing that. You're you're typing it into your your iTunes, but the thing is is that you sent us this soundtrack and yeah um, it's from my itunes i copied it off of my itunes and sent it to you yeah. joan armstrong is what it comes up in my <laughs> so either you fucked yours up somehow or i did mine i, I don't no, no i just googled it it's joan armatrading <laughs> are you fucking serious yeah. <laughs> matt's fucked it up in his itunes and therefore my itunes is fucked up yeah. Well, deleting this whole soundtrack. <laughs> I just need uh, an and, excuse. Uh, or you could just delete the song because, again, trash. Moving on. Um, Sweden's sexiest band, the Cardigans, with War. Um, Which would have been better were... if it was a cover of War. Huh. That's what I was What is it for? good for? Um, say it again. Um, <laughs> oh, I can, Brian, I know you and I think of the same thing when we Boy hear this. Boy Meets World, man. Uh, Scott, I know you don't watch enough Boy Meets World to remember this, but there's absolutely an episode where Corey drags Topanga to to uh, karaoke, 
And he's like, she's like, I don't want to do this song. And he's like, trust me, it's the best duet song we could possibly do. And they get up on stage and he's just going, war! <laughs> like screaming war. And then she's just very monotone going, good God, y'all. <laughs> what is it good for? Um, but unfortunately, this is an original. Show. This is an original uh, by by the Cardigans, who I actually just recently watched a video about the history of the Cardigans. And man, they had some really good songs, but none of them were hits in America except for Love Fool. Well, so uh, what, what songs do you think were really good? Because I had there that one record. Uh, so they did a bunch of like, because they were huge in Sweden before they came to America. Yeah. So they were like, so they had a bunch of songs that just sound like Love Fool. Like just these really like upbeat 60s bubblegum pop mm-hmm. songs that he played. But they were on that cool. record, right? They're on that first record? Uh, they were. No, they were on the record before it is the two records that they put out before the first band on the moon. Ah. Um, and then I'm not sure if you remember, but they had that song, uh, My Favorite Game. Yeah. That was like, it literally sounded like a song by Garbage. Like they just completely changed their sound on their next album uh, and not for the better. But uh, yeah, this is off the, this is a B side on the My Favorite Game single. For a good reason, because <laughs> this song is pretty forgettable. It's it's bad. If you're but, not a hardcore Cardigans fan, you're not missing out on this song. No, yeah, this is not one that you need in your collection. Um, but you know what? I might be in the minority here, but I think track number 12, Wings of a Dove by Madness, brings up the energy after the, the lull just a bit. Hey, Matt, what, uh, what did I say when we were te- messaging about this song? I mentioned how Madness... You said that Madness sounds like um, Vampire Weekend. Oh, that's right. We just talked (laughs) mad shit about Vampire Weekend for like a good 10 minutes. It was amazing. (laughs) And I said, yeah, man, what can't they do? They launched Ska in the 80s, and then they launched Vampire Weekend's genre. Um, And you said, well, at least they start at one good genre. (laughs) God, I hate Vampire Weekend's shtick so much. (laughs) Brian, what are your thoughts? I'm indifferent. Yeah, I like the one song, the A-Punk song, and yeah. then uh, I could care less about the rest of their career, but A-Punk gets me bopping, please. Don't take indifferent as, like, I really enjoy them. It's just they don't anger me as most things in the world. <laughs> I know it's a stupid thing to be upset about, but you know what? That's kind of my thing. Yeah, that's your shtick. <laughs> um, and then finally, because we're not going to talk about the, the three minutes of musical score that wraps up the soundtrack. Letters to Cleo comes back with Cruel to be Kind, which I think is the better of the two covers. Great. Wait, is, Great is Cruel cover. to be Kind a cover? Yeah, it's uh, Nick Lowe. I don't know that is. Uh, 80s singer, um, basically known for this and like maybe one other song. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he was an 80s British pop star uh, that was kind of under the tutelage of Elvis Costello. Hmm. Doesn't sound like Elvis Costello's tutelage. Yeah, no, but yeah, Cruel to Be Kind was a pretty good jam, and I just realized that this is actually this is actually his only single. I was confusing him for uh, uh, shit. What's the dude's name who did Take Me Home Tonight? Um, Take me home tonight. Fuck. That's not Eddie Money. No, that is. Yeah, it is Eddie Money. Money. I was confusing. I am a music genius. (laughs) I was confusing. I was like, you know, Nick Lowe. He did that song. Baby, hold on to me, and I'm like, wait, no, that's that's also Eddie Money. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, hold on to me. We'll be, we'll be. Eddie Money um, was so, like testosterone on tape is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
credit where credit's due. Take me home tonight is a fucking jam. I always wanted to do a metal cover of that when I had my metal band, but I just could never really get the get the tone right. So I forgot that that song existed for years, and then I discovered a dude out of Philly named Adam and his package. Oh yes. And he covers it in the middle of Punk Rock Academy, which is arguably his best song. And I was like, man, this song, I forgot how great Take Me Home Tonight is. <laughs> and then that just became a regular rotation on my everything. <laughs> so let's go through some of the songs that did make it to the soundtrack. Uh, and there's a lot. So yeah. there's a there's a one-week remix. It's not the version that you'll find on the hit Bare Naked Ladies album Stunt, but it's more of a dancey remix of One Week. Uh, that kicks off the movie while the girls are driving in their car, but it's cut off immediately by Joan Jett's Bad Reputation, also not on the soundtrack. I don't understand, though. Is this a money thing where they're like, it can be in the movie but can't be on the licensed soundtrack? It ha- it has to be. there Because, like, like, right now... So I'll just use this as an example. Right now in WWE, um, Ronda Rousey is one of their wrestlers, and she shows up every week, and they still use Bad Reputation as her entrance mm-hmm. music. But it was apparently, like, a very expensive deal to just get them to be able to play, like, that 15 seconds every Monday when she comes out. Because, of, like, it's world of difference if it's your UFC entrance song where you fight maybe twice a year versus, like every single Monday that you come out. So, yeah, I think Joan Jett knows that she's got a hit on her hands that she can charge an absorbent amount of money. Well, she's got to live somehow. So I have a question also. Ronda Rousey is best known for beyond talking shit about everyone on the internet um, as an MMA fighter. So she's now doing fake fighting. Yes, it's safer. (laughs) I mean, I suppose it is, but also... Someone that- else decides her winning streak now. She doesn't have to earn it. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, and then, I don't remember this song in the movie, but apparently Casey and JoJo's sexy, sexy jam All My Life is on this soundtrack as well. Probably at, the, at Bowie Logenstein's party. Probably, but man, there is, I got some. I got some high school and junior high memories of sitting on the bleachers watching everyone else dance. Ah, that damn. <laughs> that one and... That one, the other one is uh, Brian McKnight's One, you're like a dream come true Two, just want to be with you <laughs> You know what, Matt? Don't feel bad because I never got like those high school memories. I had a girl that I danced with, but I always thought I'd be like, you know, behind the bleachers. Fingering. Making out. Fingering her? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that's what 28-year-old me wanted. I'm saying that's what 15-year-old me wanted. I think yeah. I think Jay just walked into the room and you changed your story. <laughs> I was, you know, this is something that I want to bring up. It has nothing to do with, with soundtracking at all, but this is kind of the whole pastiche of what why we do these episodes. Um, like, getting fingered by a high school boy must have been the most disappointing thing for a high school girl. Because... <laughs> Painful. Yeah, like you're just mashing your shit up in her shit, and you have no idea what's going on. I mean, this is America. We have abstinence-only education. There's nothing about, like, here's the clitoris. Here, this is how you pleasure a girl. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Let's talk. Let's talk about it. (laughs) That's pretty much all I had to say about it. I'm just sorry for all the high school girls out there. 
Yeah. So I just found out the next song that was in this movie, but not on the soundtrack, I've had listed as the wrong song title since 1999. Um, Calypso by Spider Bait, which I always just had listed as Sunshine on My Window. I have it as Sunshine on My Window on my computer, too. Yeah, it's apparently called Calypso. Sunshine <laughs> on my window makes me happy. Makes me happy. Like I should be outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is Spider Bait on the phone? <laughs> Dude, oh. fucking that song was the the jam. The jam. That no <laughs> we didn't actually listen to that Spider Bait song. I don't think I've ever listened to the entire song in my entire life. But no, but like I forty worked, seconds. It's yeah. a two minute long song and I get forty seconds in. I'm like, that's all I need. Yeah. But when I worked <laughs> at that pizza shop all through high school, holy fuck, we would say that though that line that I just did all the time exactly like that that's why i don't have to listen to the song to remember exactly what it is I, all right other song ugh. that should have been on the soundtrack uh because it it's actually pretty predominant in its sequence is sexy boy by air also known as air french band french band apparently according to imdb but i remember this song was like kind of a minor hit on the radio i would hear it on the radio a lot too i didn't even know about air until i went to college yeah, this was like one of those bands. I feel like they were like, hey, we're like the less aggressive prodigy. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> That's a pretty good approximation of what that band's name is. No. They're no fire starter. No, no. But, you know, they breathe under the pressure. <laughs> um, so one of the songs that I love from this movie, and Scott knows that I love this song from this movie, and this band never did anything but this very minor single is Sprung Monkey, Get Him Out of Here. Uh, but I used to fucking love this song. It's during the interview to find a guy to are take out Cat. Yeah, are there sheep? The, the trouble we would get into, such trouble we would get into. Da, 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 get him out of here. <laughs> uh, but man, I fucking love this song. We've got two original songs from Letters to Cleo up in this soundtrack, uh, Come On and Copilot. Copilot uh, is your... their best song, though. I still stand by Awake, but Copilot is top five Glitters to Cleo songs. Are for there sure. five good Glitters to Cleo songs? I don't really know. I think, I think there are. Although one of them might just be, I might just be thinking of Frent's cover of Bizarre Love Triangle. So there might only be four good Glitters to Cleo <laughs> songs. Um, apparently, I'm guessing again at the party sequence, Word Up by Cameo makes an appearance in this. Oh, movie. that has to be. Oh, pretty ladies. pretty ladies around the world. Got a weird thing. I can't think of anything but the 40 year old virgin when that. Every time. I know. <laughs> Every you time. What, you know what is not a, the greatest 90s movie by a long shot, but has the greatest party scene with a song is She's All That. Oh, my God. Baby. Give it to me, baby. Yeah. With Matthew Lillard out of breath singing along with <laughs> That's the best part. Now, babe, they're playing my song. <laughs> the best part in that, because I've watched that particular segment so many times, and it's when he does all of the flips and then he grabs the microphone and he's trying to sing Give It To Me, but he's super out of breath. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is going to be a hot take Tuesday. <laughs> I, I blame Matthew Lillard's manager. That guy could act. They yeah. just didn't give him a chance. And from everything that I know about him at conventions, just the sweetest human being you could yeah. ever meet. So they, they just threw without a paddle his way, and everyone's like, 
this Ugh. this guy's trash and it's like it's not his fault yeah. he's just trying to live man he's just trying to make money he's just trying to yeah. do his thing um so also almost definitely at the party scene is push it by salt and pepper oh push it I appreciate that all of us went to different parts of this. <laughs> it's called a mashup. Welcome to 2019. Um, now, watch this... out, girl talk. <laughs> um, so this one definitively at the party scene. It's it's uh one of my favorite songs by Biggie, Hypnotized by Notorious B.I.G. And I That's can't hear this song. Oh, it's one of my favorite Biggie songs. And I can't hear this song and not imagine Julia Stiles yep. dancing on a table whenever I hear it yep. now. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, well, but, Brian, you know what my other memory of Hypnotize is? Is that uh, there's that South Park episode where if you say Biggie Smalls in the mirror three times, yeah. he'll appear behind you and kill you. Yeah. And Cartman's trying to explain who Biggie Smalls is. And he uses <laughs> lyrics from Hypnotize to do it where he's like, you don't, you don't know, you don't know Biggie Smalls? Escargo, my cargo, one six seven zero. But yeah, no, I love. I mean, I love Biggie. I, I mean, my favorite song is "Suicidal Thoughts" by him. But I love Notorious B.I.G. You know, R.I.P. Port of Forty on the ground for him. Um, immediately followed on this list by the Thompson Twins' "Hold Me Now," which is a very dramatic <laughs> shift in tone. Is that <laughs> when they're in the Volvo and about to kiss? It, it has to be. It has to be. Uh, I love that song, though. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's that soundtrack to me is literally takes me. That song, Hold Me Now, takes me right back to sitting in the basement that I'm currently in because I used to listen to the Wedding Singer soundtrack all the time down here. And man, that's a that's a soundtrack. And yeah, <laughs> I just want to do an impression. I, can I do, when we eventually do that? Because that's that's uh, non negotiable. Um, <laughs> Can I do? Can I do a live uh, performance of uh, "Somebody Kill Me, Please"? Absolutely, oh, absolutely. You know what I would love? I would love if they did a wedding singer soundtrack, but it was just the one song on repeat from the Bar Mitzvah. You Oh no, I'm sorry. I was confusing um, that when when they're trying to. Um, Give me time. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, I like I like her. Dude, I mean, Adam Sandler's career has had so many ups and downs, and a lot of the movies that we used to love as kids by him do not hold up. Wedding Singer is the exception, man. I still watch that. I'm like, this is just a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's got That's a little it, kid who's like, I'm gonna cut you up. I honestly, I respect Adam Sandler for everything he's done pre Y2K. Um, <laughs> something happened because even even happy gilmore i use happy gilmore to get out of every invite anytime <laughs> Sorry, my friends at work every single time people at work are like hey listen we're gonna watch the game at my house tonight we have a projector we're gonna play cornhole i always hit them with the yeah i'll see you there <laughs> and then walk out oh i thought my, that you were gonna say that you're like i'm busy watching <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. I gotta watch Happy Gilmore, guys. Otherwise, I'd be there. Um, didn't your podcast do Happy Gilmore last month? Um, I Happy Gilmore holds up a little bit better to me than Billy Madison because when I was a kid, I used to think that Billy Madison. I was like, man, Billy Madison's the coolest. And now I watch him like I just want to punch this guy in the face. This yeah, is the most so, obnoxious so human annoying. being that has ever I, existed. I haven't seen Billy Madison in a very long time, but I will say this: I decided. Uh, about a month or two ago to just 
post on my Instagram, Billy passed the third grade, and boy, did I have a big smile watching that. <laughs> oh, dude, no, anything that's not specifically Adam Sandler in Billy Madison still holds up really great. Like, um, oh, what's his face? Like, Steve Buscemi's cameo is great, but Norm McDonald, Norm McDonald and the other guy just like stoned and drunk sitting yeah. outside by the pool. Every time they're on screen, it's great, but his character is such an obnoxious man child and he never stops being an obnoxious man child. Yeah. Like, there's at no least character development in that fucking movie. <laughs> no, like at least like happy Gilmore. It's like, okay, he loves his grandma. Like there's like something to make him semi human, but like Billy Madison, you're just like, what is this? I won't <laughs> touch you all over. <laughs> um, so no also, also in the soundtrack, so many songs that were in the soundtrack, but not on the we soundtrack. We should just skip the actual soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> uh Colorfield, uh, who I guess did the original version of I Can't Get Enough of You Baby. Oh, yes, you mean uh... Smash Mouth? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm the singer of this song. <laughs> oh uh, god, <laughs> fucking damn it. Deep cut reference to the music video that no one remembers. Uh, they remember uh, it because you brought it up when we talked about Can't Hardly Wait. That is true. Uh only two more left, guys. Um Keith Ledger's performance of Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, uh, which Good definitely, R.I.P. obviously to Heath Ledger, uh, obviously should have been on this soundtrack. I don't know why they didn't just put him singing on it there. It couldn't have been movie. that expensive. Yeah, well, and, and it is this this all the time. Like, they always just played, like, audio clips from the movie. Like, why not throw this one in instead of the musical score that's forgettable from, from Richard Gibbs? Yeah, sorry, yeah, man. Yeah, because you can't talk about this movie and not bring up that scene. Like, that is easily the most memorable scene in this movie. Yeah. It's the only part. Well, no, that's not. I guess maybe. I feel like it's the only part from ten, directly out of 10 Things I Hate About You that made it into not another team movie. <laughs> like, not, yeah. a, not another team movie was way more like she's all that, but they're like, we got to do, we got to do the can't take my eyes off of you scene. Yeah. Janie's um, got a gun. Janie's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Can can you make a little mental note that I want to put that as one of my Patreon, uh, like not a team movie. Oh man, I love I, I love the Captain Americas in that movie, and I also really love the part when he's like, "Oh, that is way too much uh, information." She's like, "Oh no, Jake, way too much information would be that after they're done, I take a huge dump." On their chest. I know that, that is I <laughs> the the only the only part like the way that she does that reminds me of my favorite scene in Howard and Kumar go to White Castle. You sunk my battle like, shit. No, when he goes, the secret ingredient is semen, and they like don't react, and he's like, animal semen, and then they start screaming and drive away. <laughs> but. Uh, the other thing that is worth mentioning from uh, Harold and Kumar, not another team oh, movie, not another team movie, is I think Brian and I always still do the Jakey Jakey about to make a big mistake. Little <laughs> <laughs> Miss Run Home to My Daddy ran home to her daddy. Although I still stand by the best line of that movie is when he walks down into Janie's basement and she's like. How'd you get in here? And he goes, there's a giant hole in the side of your house. Oh, <laughs> um, dude, what a fucking movie. Uh, and then apparently Save Ferris had an original song in this called Can't Stop. Don't remember it. Whatever. I'm sure. Can't just... stop. I can't stop the beat. You won't stop. Won't stop the beat. Go. I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's accurate. Everybody. <laughs> feel united. 
Oh, what the? You just gave me like a cramp in my side. Oh, fuck. Oh, dude, you guys just ruined Jade's fucking weekend. That song is on repeat. <laughs> hey, so fun side note. I was uh, like out of the blue, just for no fucking reason. I was thinking about you and Jade. And so I text Matt, I message Matt, and I'm like, why did she put up with him? <laughs> and he's like, it might be a surprise to you, but the Kelly men treat their women with like absolute princesses. And I was like, I get it. Still, like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's it's different when it's like, here is this nice meal I prepared for you. <laughs> Got your nose. You're always offering a cup of soup. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's the uh, infamous return of soundtracking. You're I guess. welcome. Um, yeah, we did it. We did it. You asked, and here it is. They might not um, have asked, so... but I, I, it was like, guys, we, I miss it. All right, sounds good. Uh, whatever. Shh, they don't even know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we'll be back on Friday with a regular episode. I don't. I never know how to wrap up these bonus episodes. Uh, we could have just wrapped it up with everybody. <laughs> Movies be happy united. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. 
Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 